0: The Apostle Paul is a amazing brother in the Lord. He was used mighty of God, and as Roger read his testimony there in the twenty sixth chapter, uh, it's it's a beautiful or twenty second chapter. Sorry, uh, Paul said, "By the grace of God, I am what I am." Paul gave the glory to God. He was a servant of the devil in the beginning when he was Saul. He was persecuting the church of God, which he never could get over that fact that he persecuted the people of God. But God had a purpose for Paul. It says in verse 14 of chapter 22, Following along with Roger's preaching this morning. And he said, The God of our fathers have chosen thee. Paul was a chosen vessel, chosen from his mother's room, womb. Read Galatians chapter 1. That thou shouldest know his will. God wanted Paul to know his will. Now, how could he know his will except through communication to Paul? That thou shouldest Know his will and see that just one who is Jesus Christ and should us hear the voice of his mouth. He heard the Lord personally and saw him personally. For thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. Paul was taught by the Lord Jesus personally for three years in Galatia. God revealed to him many things that he didn't reveal to the other apostles. He had great knowledge. And because of that is the reason that he had a, a messenger sent from Satan to buffet him. At least he get exalted above measure. For thou shalt be a witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. And Paul and God gave him directions, and now why terrest thou arise and be baptized, be immersed, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. The we see the apostle Paul was called of God. You know, Jesus prayed in John 17. I pray not only for these apostles, but all for all of them that shall believe on me through their word. Believing is much the will of God is regeneration. Some people want to say, well, all you need is regeneration, that's it. Well, God purposed that all those who hear His word would believe on the Son of God. They shall believe. A lot of people like the shalls and uh, wills of God, but when it comes to this verse, those who shall believe on Him through their word, they seem to forget that verse is in the Bible. And Paul writing in Acts chapter 13 verse 48 says, as many as were ordained to eternal life, what? Believed. Paul said in Thessalonians, they were sanctified by the Spirit and by the, and, and uh, uh, sanctified and called by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Beloved, the gospel is very important. You see that in the life of Paul. The gospel simply means good news, good news. And it begins in eternity in the everlasting covenant as it speaks about in Hebrews 13.20 of the everlasting covenant. A covenant which is both steadfast and sure. An anchor that we can put our anchor in. We're, we're already inside the veil in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now over in chapter uh, 20.26 20, I'm going to read a few comments on Paul's life in that chapter. Starting with verse 12. He describes his conversion as he did in chapter 22. He said, Whereupon I I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest. He says, At midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me, and them which journeyed with me. That had to be really a sight to see. It stopped Paul in his tracks. There comes a day when God says, that's it, stop. And he changes you from what you were to a new creation in Christ Jesus. It says that we are translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. We're in that kingdom. And Paul, we don't all have Paul's experience as far as the light and Jesus personally appearing to him, but he was being called to be an apostle to the Gentiles. That's why he had such a miraculous revelation of Christ to him because Jesus was calling him to be an apostle to the Gentiles. And he goes on to say, And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Jesus spoke to Paul in his own language, the Hebrew language. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Paul did not realize that persecuting the children of God was persecuting Christ's body. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, who art thou, Lord? Now here's the question. If people know the Lord by the new birth only, it's, it's very strange that Paul didn't know who he was. And he was born again, Brother Chuck. The reason Christ appeared to him was for two reasons. First, to give him a commission. Secondly, to reveal himself to Paul, who he was. You can notice what he says. And I said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Jesus revealed himself to Paul personally. If Paul already knew who he was by the new birth, Christ didn't have to do that. Some people say, oh, you know Jesus Christ without hearing the gospel, without believing. No, you don't. That's why Paul penned Romans chapter 10. How can they know whom they have not heard? How can they believe without a preacher? The purpose of the gospel is not to give life, but it's a manifestation of life to those who believe in Jesus Christ. I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Boy, that must have struck right at Paul's heart. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. See, God has a purpose in everything that he does. Acts Romans 8.28 said, We're called according to His purpose. Remember I read early that God of your fathers had called you according to His purpose and will. He was set apart for the glory and honor of God. Paul said, By the grace of God I am what I am. He said, I labor more than you all, but it's not I, but the grace of God that worketh in me. You want to see what God's grace can do to a man? Study the life of Paul. And you'll see a man who was in darkness, translated into God's kingdom. you see a man who was once a religious Pharisee. you see a person who's regenerated and a believer in Jesus Christ and willing to die for his sake. He was willing to lay down his life for the one he was persecuting. So something had to happen to Paul. A tremendous experience happened to Paul. He was born again on the road of Damascus. He was changed, born again quickened by the grace of God, made alive in Jesus Christ. Christ appeared to him, revealed to him who he was. And from that moment on, Paul never looked back. Beloved, by the grace of God, we need to have the same attitude Brother Rogers. Paul had. Never look back. Christ said, he that putteth his hand to the ply and looketh back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Remember that. Keep your eyes forward. Paul says in Hebrews, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So as we go on, we see here it says, But rise, stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both to these things which thou hast seen and the things in which I will appear unto thee. He appeared unto Paul and taught him personally to make thee a minister. Only God can make a minister and a witness. We're all to be witnesses. All of us are witnesses for Christ by the way we live. You know, as they say how you live speaks louder than what you say. And that has a lot to say today. We have to remember that. In verse 17, he says, Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles whom now I send thee. Here was the commission Paul was receiving from Jesus Christ personally. He was being sent to the Gentiles. He's a minister to the Gentiles. Notice what he says in verse 18. Brother Ray Hager said he's preaching on this text this morning. I had no idea I was going to preach on this text, but since Roger opened it up about Paul, I thought I would just follow through with Paul with Roger. To open their eyes. Now, how does a minister open the eyes? He's not opening the eyes of those who are dead in trespasses and sins. When we preach the gospel, it goes forth to all. Preach the gospel unto all the world. But those who have been born again and quickened, like Paul was quickened on the road of Damascus, their eyes have been opened by the grace of God. But the light of the gospel is to bring forth those things so they can see Christ in the gospel. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. They're in darkness until the gospel comes unto them and give them light. Until the glorious gospel of Christ should shine into their hearts. That's the preaching of the gospel. It's to give light. It's to bring Christ to revelation. It's to bring the salvation of the Lord to to revelation where we can see the glorious work of God in Jesus Christ. From darkness to light. Oh, what a happy day when you come to see Christ as he truly is. The light of the world. And from the power of Satan unto God. And we need that today. The The way to be delivered from Satan's power today is through Clinging to Jesus Christ and the Gospels I preached last week. We live upon His life. We live upon His death. We live upon His resurrection. And we live upon His ascension into glory at the right hand of God. Making He's there making intercessions for us. We're living upon the living Christ, the resurrected Christ. This is what they proclaimed all through Jerusalem. They turned Jerusalem upside down preaching Christ and His resurrection. And that same truth should get a hold of our hearts from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins. That's to receive the forgiveness of sins and justification in your conscience. Until the gospel comes to you, you're in darkness. As far as your salvation is concerned, you have no idea where you're at. But once the gospel comes and that faith comes forth, faith cometh forth by hearing, hearing by the word of God, you lay hold of the gospel message and you believe it. Then you have lot, you have peace, and you know that your sins are forgiven for Christ's sake. That's the glorious, glorious ministry of ministers How by preaching the gospel with the with the Holy Spirit, applying it to the soul of God's elect. That they may receive forgiveness of sins. Oh, what a happy day that is when you come to know that your sins have been forgiven for Christ's sake, Brother Roger. And he told those in the Gospels, go thy way and sin no more. There's responsibility of being forgiven. The responsibility is, go thy way and sin no more. Because you've been forgiven doesn't mean you continue in sin. That grace may abound. Paul says, God forbid... How shall so we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? If you've been dead with Christ, you're buried with Christ in, in baptism, raised in likeness of his death to walk in newness of life. You're a walk in newness, not in the oldness of the flesh, of the letter, of the law. Oh, that you may receive that forgiveness. Oh, that's a blessed, blessed day. And inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Faith in Christ. What a blessing that is to how that God-given faith, as it speaks about in, in Peter, that faith was allotted each one of us, God's elect. And we put that faith in Christ and totally trust Him for your salvation. Not of works which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us for the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. God saves us by His power. And another verse that I I enjoy reading, and I think most people today don't even know it's in the Bible, though they read it over and over. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 says, well, verse 17, That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, who? Jesus Christ the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is exceeding greatness of his power, notice this, to us word who believe. Now notice this, according to the working of his mighty power. It takes as much the power of God to believe as it does to be born again. And but some people believe that you believe by chance. You hear the gospel by chance. Those are chance. It just happened to be that you happen to hear the gospel. You happen not reject it. There are some people teach that a born again child of God can resist the Holy Spirit and not believe. That's not the word of God. But it says here that they believe according to the working of His mighty power. God's power gives you the ability to believe. Gives you the ability as he did Paul on the road to Damascus. Paul was blinded. Then the next thing you see, he said, Lord, what would thou have me to do? What changed? The Holy Spirit quickened Paul. He was born again. Then Christ reveals himself to do it. Then he was given a commission. So we see God's mighty power, but beloved, brought forth. Which are sanctified by faith, that is in me. And there's a, the word sanctified means to be set apart. We're set apart by faith. The Bible speaks of those who have faith and those who don't have faith. Now, all men don't have faith. Why is that? Because unless you're born again, you don't have faith. Born of the Spirit of God. God gives every one of His blood-bought children faith. For what purpose? Just to lay around and never know Christ. No, that they may know Him in their personal life. To know Him in the power of His resurrection. Paul said in Philippians, that I may know Him personally. And that should be your prayer and my prayer that we can know the Lord more daily in our lives. Don't be content with working and laboring and just doing things, never taking time for God, never taking time for prayer. We sung that song this morning, Sweet Hour of Prayer. I imagine it's been a long time since any of us has spent an hour in prayer. I'm not saying you haven't, but very few do that today. To spend a whole hour in prayer, taking time to worship at Jesus' feet. Taking time to vi- to worship Jesus in the Word to fellowship with the Lord sanctified by my faith that is in me. He says, "Whereupon, verse nineteen, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision." Oh, to have the same dedication and surrender as Paul had in our lives, oh, beloved. But to show first to them of Damascus and at Jerusalem. And throughout all the coast of Judea and to them, to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. For these called the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continued unto this day, witnessing both to the small and great, saying none other thing than that which the prophets and the Moses did say should come, that Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and should show light unto the people, And to the Gentiles, beloved, Paul had a great ministry. Paul was used mighty of God. Read the epistles, Ephesians, one of the greatest books in the Word of God. Romans, theologically, a very sound book. Colossians, another wonderful book. Philippians, to rejoice always. Again, Paul said, I say rejoice. We should be rejoicing because of so great a salvation that we have in the Lord. Oh, beloved, we see Paul's ministry. Is he suffered? Can you think of anyone basically who suffered more than Paul? Now some of the early Christians were burned at the stake. They were fed to lions. They were they suffered for the cause of God. It says in Revelation, they overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and they love not their lives unto death. Do we love the Lord that much? That we will love the Lord. More than we love our lives. Would you be willing to die for the Lord? Now that's a question only we can answer when we come to be tested. I hope I would. But I'm not going to be like Peter and brag and say, Oh Lord, I'll die for thee. Because you know what happened to Peter. We can say, By the grace of God and God giving me the strength, I will not deny the Lord in the hour of death. That's the only way we can say it. But they love not their lives unto death. They love the Lord. Oh, to love Jesus that much. How much do you love the Lord this morning? How much do I love the Lord? And you know the greatest battle that we have is not with the devil and the world. It's with ourselves. That world of iniquity that's within us. We all still carry in this body the human flesh, the body of sin, which is not the flesh, but it's that fallen nature. We still carry that around. Satan uses the desires of the fallen nature to beat us down. To bring us down. And we need to have that determination as the Apostle Paul. Lord, what will thou have me to do? Do you and I judge everything we do and say, is this the will of God? If anything comes before the commandments of God, it's not the will of God. I'll put that very plain. Most of our decisions, if we're not careful, are made according to our desires not according to the will of God. Now, I'm talking about all of us, not just you, me, all preachers. We all have to guard against selfishness. I'm going to do what I want to do, no matter what the Word says. See, that's the wrong attitude. That's a self-willed attitude. See, that's really thats the demonic attitude, because we're rebelling against the sovereignty of God. We're rebelling and saying, I'm sovereign. I'm going to do as I want to do. Now, we don't always look at it that way, but in reality, that's what we're saying. You know, Satan, I'm preparing a sermon on this subject, said, I will will ascend above the Most High God. I'll be number one. I'm going to be the top one. He was acting and rejecting the sovereignty of God. And every time we sin or make decisions contrary to God's Word, We're saying to God, I'm sovereign, I'm going to do as I want to do. I know that's not pleasant to our flesh, but we need to hear that. I need to hear it. We need to be honest with ourselves. Don't deceive yourselves. Many today are deceived. So many today are doing Satan's bidding, they don't even know it. We need to be in much prayer, all of us. Much heart searching. Lord, help me to be as Apostle Paul. Help me to be as the apostles who are willing to lay down their lives for Christ's sake. Help me be like those in the Book of Revelation who love not their lives unto death. Help me to be a faithful witness. Jesus spoke in Revelation, "You are chosen and faithful." That's the characteristics of those He described. They were chosen and faithful. Are we being faithful today? And that's a thing. That's a, that's a question we must all ask ourselves. And what does He say at the end of time in? Matthew 25, welcome, well done, my good and what? Faithful servant. Don't we all want to hear that? The Lord say to you and I, well done, my good and faithful servant. I'll say this to you. It's not going to come without a fight. With the flesh, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. You're going to have to be ready for battle, spiritual battle. As I saw on uh, news this this week about how Fox News is supporting satanic worship, donating money to those cults who worship the devil. That's how far our country is declining. That they're supporting now Satan worship. It's unbelievable what's going on in the United States of America. We are declining so fast, beloved. The judgment of God could fall at any time upon America, I do believe. You know, God only be patient so long and He'll bring judgment upon this nation. He already is bringing judgment on it, but He could come much, much more furious. So be careful that we don't get caught up in the cares of this life. We all have to guard ourselves. Guard your mind. What comes into your thoughts in your mind? What you see with your eyes? What you hear with your ears? Everything, because the proverb says, "As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he." What you dwell upon will control you. And Satan is continually trying to broadcast to us things that are evil, wickedness, ungodliness, and everything—it's evil. Even on Facebook, it's starting to show. They starting to show filth on Facebook now. We need to be careful if you have children that have access to Facebook because they're putting ungodly things in there now. And even Christians need to be careful. Satan is using every tool he can to degenerate the minds of people. We are in a warfare. Are you willing to pay the price and be a soldier at this time? Will you stand up and say, I'll be counted for Jesus? I'm going to give Jesus everything I got. I'm going to teach my children. I'm going to teach the loved ones. I'm going to be a witness to those around me. I'm going to not be ashamed of Jesus Christ. Beloved, it's a battle for your for your children. They're being influenced by everything around them. Their minds, their eyes, everything they see is influencing them. You are being influenced. I'm being influenced. God happens to draw nigh to God. He says over there, and He'll draw nigh to you. So as we close and thinking about Paul, Paul said, I follow a good fight. I finished the course. And I think about over there in, in uh where Paul says in Corinthians that he determined not to know anything among them save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Beloved, what a what a wonderful testimony that was. Paul, in closing, I want to read his comments in. Chapter 4, Philippians, looking at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. We should be rejoicing in the Lord this morning. No matter what our condition, our sins have been forgiven for Christ's name's sake. We've been delivered from the wrath to come. We have a home prepared for us, heaven, eternal glory. We're waiting for the day when that trumpet to sound and time should be no more and we should be caught up to be with the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. We're waiting for that day. And because we have that hope of eternal life, because we have the hope of the coming of the Lord, we have the hope of eternal heaven. He said, i prepare the place for you. And if I go away, I'll come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also. Let us rejoice in that fact this morning. Let your moderation be known all unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Beloved, He is present, ever present with us. In Him we live and move and have our very being. God is always present. You're never out of the presence of God. He sees everything I do, everything you do. He knows every thought comes through your mind. He knows everything that you purpose. God knows you better than you know yourself. And yet He loves us. Isn't that great, Chuck? And yet he loves us in spite of what we are, in spite of our sins, in spite of our down our fallings and our, our just. It, it just amazes me sometimes with the wonderful love and grace of God. My grace is sufficient for thee, he told Paul. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Be careful for nothing, or be anxious for nothing. Oh, we live in an anxious world. We hear constantly of nuclear war. We are constantly of some kind of virus or disease that could wipe out the world. We see all the unrest that's in the streets in America and our government and governments, war. And he said, be over anxious for nothing, but in everything but prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Do you have requests this morning? Let them be made known unto God. Some people have problems in their lives, but they never go to God and ask for direction. You need to go to the one who controls everything in time and eternity. James said, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberty and upbraideth not. Go to God. He has all wisdom. He knows the end from the beginning. He says, In the peace of God, which patheth all understanding shall keep or guard your hearts, and your minds through Christ Jesus. If you're having trouble with your mind and your thoughts, look to the Lord. Commit your ways unto the Lord, and He shall establish thy thoughts. There's many things, more things we could say, but I'll close it with this verse. Verse 8. Finally, brethren, watch things are true. There's a lot of untruth being taught today in the pulpits of America. Watch things are honest. Watch things are just whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report. Today, they're calling good evil and evil good. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned, you learn them from the Word of God, and received, you receive them by the Holy Spirit in the inner man, and heard and seen in me, do, practice, Practice what you've heard. Practice what you received. Practice what you've learned. And the God of peace shall be with you. There is where people are missing the peace because they're not practicing what they've learned, what they know, what they've received. They're being disobedient and they don't have the peace of God. That's why. May we pray. a Gracious Heavenly Father, as we close this service this morning, we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for your choice. A choice, a choosing Paul to be an example to the believers. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And may we have that same attitude. May we follow Paul's teaching and follow the apostles' teaching as they followed Christ and his teaching. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for loving us and dying, giving yourself for us. Forgive us this morning for coming so short of thy honor and glory, that we should live more victorious than our lives, more surrendered to the will of God, and that we should submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from us. Help us not to have a spirit of resistance of the word of God, but be submissive like Paul said, Lord, what will I have me to do? Lord, we know it's a battle. It's a fight to the end. We're never going to have to be able to retreat. It's a fight until we end this life and And we die and give up the ghost. May you give us the grace and strength to continue on. In Jesus' name we pray and ask your blessings upon the message of this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Does someone have a song in closing?